The following podcast contains detailed spoilers and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. You're about to listen to the Pop-Off Podcast, and if you want to hear all of our movie reviews, including the Star Wars movies and the Harry Potter movies and the Avengers movies, as well as Doctor Who and Transformers and a ton more, then go to popoffpodcast.com or search EPN on iTunes. That's EPN. And if you do that, you might also see the Trek Off Podcast. If you like Star Trek and you like naughty language and you like dirty talk with your Star Trek, you're going to love the hilarious Trek Off Podcast at trekoffpodcast.com or you can find them both by going to the Endlight Podcast Network or just searching EPN on iTunes. Do it right now while you listen. If you're on your iPhone right now and you're listening, go search iTunes. Okay, that's it. Just enjoy Pop Off. Hot. Hello and welcome to Pop Off. I'm Justin. And I'm RJ. And today we are discussing, um, I'm just going to let it go now, spoiler alert, um, my favorite movie. Okay, I'll agree. My Not my favorite Star Wars movie. That, oh, okay. Ooh, my that's, favorite, okay. favorite movie, period. Movie. Huh? Um, sometimes I say Serenity, but really. <laughs> You're lying to But me. really, like, because I've been watching, and we'll talk about that, but I've been reviewing Empire recently, and yeah, it's my favorite movie. It's perfect. Thank you for listening to Pop Off. My <laughs> That's the end. That's it. Nothing more to say about. What about you? What's your thought about The Empire Strikes Back? Episode five, Star Wars episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, right now I'm going to say if you're a Star Wars fan and you're hearing this, send this to your friends right now. Go on Facebook as you listen right now. Like this, share it, tell everybody about this. Tell them to look up Pop Off on iTunes right now because we're going to we're going to talk about some Star Wars shit yeah, right now. Yeah, we're going to get in it. So so I know you have Star Wars friends. You're listening. You must. So let them know that this is the definitive Star Wars retrospective right here on The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So so go. You. You. RJ. What do you think about The Empire Strikes Back? Well, what's your experience with it? So it's going to be way different than mine. Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, we've talked about this before as, uh, you know, I grew up with these movies in some sense like watched bits and pieces as a kid not fully computing them and then you know you'd go to school and like a kid would be like oh i like star wars i like star wars too and then it was sometime in uh middle school or elementary school i guess middle school when they started re-releasing them all um and that's when i really watched star wars yeah. and ever since then i've watched star wars and this I don't know if I could be so bold to say any movie is my favorite movie, but I can say this is my favorite Star Wars movie because I've given it a lot of thought. Yeah. Um, now, interestingly, um, this was not, when I was a kid, my favorite Star Wars movie. Hmm. Um, as a kid, my favorite Star Wars movie was arguably my least favorite Star Wars movie now, which would be Return of the Jedi. Um, hmm. uh, although I think that saying it's my least favorite, um, no, I, episode two is probably my least favorite. But, yeah. But... Um, but this one, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It it, it ended sad. And was it was it boring for you as a no, kid? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. It was just that I wanted to know. You can't end a movie like it got to the end right. of the movie and <laughs> and it just ended. And I was I was bummed. I yeah. was I was like, what? I didn't know what happened. I'd never seen a movie in my life. Never seen a movie, a big giant movie that just sort of that, stopped. That, that didn't tell you. And right. and I think in general the response to it, um, a lot of the fan response or not. Like not the super fans, but like the general fan response, there was an element of of not being that pleased, mm. um, because people didn't appreciate what like what it was. Um, so would you? I mean, would you say that that was like the common critique of it when it came out? For those of us who weren't 
paying attention to those sorts of things at, the, at that time? Well, I mean, I know how I felt and I know how my family felt. Right. Um, I know that, look, the common critique of when it's coming out, it's a great film. You know, that it ups the ante visually and dramatically and right, acting yeah. in, in every way that critically it's it's got great reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people that think that the that the middle 40 minutes is a little long. Um, I don't. I don't agree with them. Um, I think that especially in the pantheon of the entire Star Wars saga, this is the one that feels tied to the prequels this feels tied to the first this feels tied to jedi we talked before about how how the original star wars doesn't feel like it's connected to anything right right. um and jedi doesn't feel very connected to the original star wars um you mean mean, uh, technically episode four episode four yeah jedi just seems so far away from where we've met everybody right um uh, Empire feels connected to Jedi because it's directly it's the most directly connected of the of the films. Right. Um, because the events in Jedi like are like months later. You know, they, it doesn't feel like years have passed in between. Right. Um, it feels like it's directly connected to Star Wars. They talk about getting the money back to Jabba. It just feels like you you caught up with these guys like a year later. Um, and it feels so directly connected to the prequels. You know, you've got Yoda. Yoda's in hiding. You uh, you get your first glimpse of Emperor Palpatine still controlling Anakin the way that he always was. You get, you know, Jet, you know, Luke, you know, starting to face some of the same things that little Anakin did and, and his brashness, the, the things that Yoda says to him, the, the things that Yoda criticizes him for, the same sort of things that Anakin yeah. gets criticized. You just get a real sense that this movie is the movie that everything is spiderwebbed from. Yeah, and well, I mean, just as kind of a, a thesis for the rest of the podcast, the true brilliance lies in that they're able to ser- this movie is able to serve as the glue, but also as such a standalone piece of drama and piece of storytelling. Like it's not like I don't I mean you might disagree with me here, but I felt that um the second Lord of the Rings felt more like glue than a movie whereas this movie i would say is glue and a movie would you be surprised to find out that the second lord of the rings is my favorite favorite of yeah. and you know you know i think i think my fiance agrees with you i feel differently but yeah i can see i mean i feel like it's the best i feel like it has the best pacing i feel like yeah. um and it doesn't just feel like the glue i feel like helm's deep is the best and most emotional battle i feel like after helm's deep the 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 big battle at the end of, of return of the king doesn't seem to have a clear beginning middle middle and end it sort of fizzles in yeah and fizzles out and and I feel like I actually feel like the site that one is actually very very based in the way it's cut together on the Empire Strikes Back. It feels the yeah, same. just kind of because this whole like characters break apart and yeah. then stay apart, but kind of yeah. But for me, it's like I go back to the uh, Kevin Smith critique that scene in Clerks Two of uh, you know walking. Um, yeah, walking. This feels yeah. like the middle of the walk. Yeah, and we're not we're not talking about Lord of the Rings, but st- just yeah, just, maybe we should sometime. Um, well, I only got two more <laughs> podcasts of this left. That's so. true. Yeah, yeah. Um, that might be. Wow, that's a great idea. I would be down. That's I a, need to rewatch them. Yeah, I own, I own all the extended. Ver- have you watched? It's your Christmas uh, tradition. I did, well, did you no, watch them I got. This year? I no, I didn't because I've been distracted. Tell us why you were distracted. I got the Blu-ray set for Star Wars. I wonder if that'll help you be an authority during this podcast. Oh man, oh man, I've learned so much about how they did it, and I want to talk about that. But I want to continue the the path we're on. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Whether or not I agree with you about the two towers, I agree with you that The Empire Strikes Back um, does serve in many ways as its own film. Mm. Um, I would say, at the very least, uh, it all comes together. They all start together. They separate. They come back together. Um, and there is an ending. I think that that the 
finding the protagonist in this film is tough to do because of the AB storyline. Um, because Luke, you, it would be easy to go, Luke is the protagonist, but Luke is not the protagonist in Han's story at all. Yeah. Um, and so much of the film is spent, much more of the film is spent actually with Han and Leia and yeah. Chewie. I mean, Luke's kind of removed yeah. prepping for the third movie. Yeah. Um, and so, but I don't know if you could call Han a protagonist because really what's Han's objective to find somewhere to land. <laughs> that's I mean, that's really what it is. It's like it's like he leaves he leaves Hoth, yeah, and he's trying to find somewhere to land, and that's sort of his entire objective yeah. in the entire in the entire movie. Um, the person who seems to have a clear objective in this film is Vader. Um, Vader starts the film. He's looking for Luke. He yeah. he comes across a you know this is the movie about a young man named na- named Anakin Skywalker who's looking desperately for a son so they have the opportunity to connect and and he he eventually is 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 thwarted on he's about to find his son he's moments away from, it's almost like a romantic comedy if you if you <laughs> if you made Darth Vader not a bad guy yeah. but like the guy who's searching for his son yeah. and they're within moments of one another and the son doesn't know he's the father he's ready to reveal himself as the father and then the son flies away and all his son's friends are shooting at him yeah. so <laughs> so he follows him um he, he follows him and and tries to set up a deal he kind of knows where the friends are, are going he chases him down thinking his son's on the ship and when he gets the ship the sun's not there. The sun's somewhere else. And then right when it looks like he's about to give up, his son shows up and he very excitedly comes to meet his son. But his son just hates him right away. Just hates him. Yeah. yeah. And decides to fight him and fight him and fight him. And then he's like, don't you understand? You're my son. We can be partners. And, and the son's like, fuck you, dad. And then he accidentally cuts off his son's hand. And the son is so mad at him. He's like thinking, oh, shit, I just did that. And then the son uh, seems to try to attempt suicide. And then kind of doesn't. And the sun flies away while he's going, come back, please. Now, first off, it's hard out there for a Sith. (laughs) Um, But I also want to point out something you brought up before. And I think this is another uh, Kevin Smith statement is that uh, certain events in episode three have changed the character of Vader for us in the original trilogy. Right. You you brought that up before and certain ones. But I think that I think that. Following Jedi, you could feel this way too. Yeah. Oh, see, like, yo, right, right. Yeah. Following, yeah, yeah. For me, until recently, the way you described it, I mean, it's Vader looking for his son because he wants that connection. He wants to kind of get in touch with his human side again. And like you said, Jedi does kind of hint to that. Well, it's as well. even it's even in the in the in the opening crawl. It says obsessed with finding young Skywalker. Well, the motivation for that obsession for me meant, was something different before prior to recently. It was just sort of that he knows that Luke is both a powerful tool for the rebel Alliance and also could be a Jedi also. Yeah. could be a Jedi and could go to the dark side or the light side. And so for me, the motivation was trying to get him to rally for his team. And it wasn't so much a connection for Luke, but just trying to get a better hand in the poker game that is star Wars. Yeah. But by the time you get to Jedi, the interactions between Luke and Vader by the time you get to Jedi, like it's very much kind of like somber when yeah, they're, they're, yeah. then he's like he's like he's calling him my son. He's Father. Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, 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 you know, he's he's like it is too late for me, my son. Yeah. You know, it's it's. I think I think when you take Jedi into account, even this film is truly like like a guy who's so fucked up by the Emperor. Yeah. That he doesn't know right from wrong anymore. Clearly, he didn't know right from wrong after episode three, and he was killing younglings. You yeah, know? yeah. Like he's he's so messed up, and he lost his love, and that just fucked him up. 
and and you know he he thought he really thought the Jedi were evil. You know, from my from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. If you look at Episode yeah, yeah. Three, you know, and he's you know here he is, and and he has finally a connection to some family. He watched his mother die. He watched his wife die. Mm. He you know he you know watch his best friend you know from his point of view betray him right you know and and here he is finally he has a son he has a son he has a family and he wants to connect with him and he's using everything at his disposal to do it even to the point where it's it seems like he's not he doesn't really seem to care very much about the what is going on with the empire anymore he right. he doesn't seem very focused on the success of the empire here he's there he's an antagonist to luke but he doesn't seem like he doesn't seem to have any clear goal except let's get Luke, 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 Luke. That's all I care about. Yeah, yeah. Everything like he goes, he takes the Empire to Cloud City to get one dude. <laughs> yeah. like he takes, he takes <laughs> over Cloud City because he wants to get one dude. Yeah, yeah. Think um, about how much money he spent on in Lando yeah, too. Yeah, I mean seriously, he there there was there, there there was a lot of effort so Vader could get one all the manpower. That was involved all yeah. the ships, yeah. you know, all the like, <laughs> like finding the rebel base. And what does he do? He just goes after Luke. It's yeah. all about getting Luke. Um, I mean, he has he has the fucking princess, and he just puts her in a cage. He was after the princess the entire first movie. Yeah, he yeah. has her, and he's like, no, fuck it, no. Yeah, you stay over here. Well, I mean, also, I mean, it is dr- directly an order from the emperor as well, right? The emperor wants Luke for. Because, I mean, once he brings him to the Emperor, it was clearly... Yeah, but think about it. In, in Empire, he has the scene with the Emperor where the Emperor's a little iffy on it. Mm. And, and and Vader's like, he could be a powerful ally. Mm. And the Emperor's like, yes. All right, all right, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it that way. Yeah, interesting, interesting. You know what I mean? It's So yeah, it's yeah. it's like like Vader is truly just trying to get to Luke. Mm. Um, what's interesting is I was... I was talking to uh to my son today and saying you know if you think about it in the first star wars um the first thing that vader does is kind of like yell at his daughter yeah yeah like when he when he says when he says you know you're part of the rebel alliance no wonder he sounds so he sounds so frustrated in that line yeah. only an adolescent daughter could make you so frustrated <laughs> clean up your room <laughs> <laughs> i told like you're out with your rebel friends again yeah. <laughs> Why do you make me so frustrated? <laughs> Anyone that would ask you to send robots to a remote planet aren't really your friends. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I, I think that that the the protagonist in this film, the only person who seems to have a clear goal that he is obstructed from, that he finally reaches in this film, um, is Vader. Yeah. Um and even the name of the 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 film is The Empire Strikes Back. It's it's it's, it's in, their story. It's, it's their story. story. Yeah. It's, um but really it's 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 Vader tries to find a son. Mm-hmm. Um and is a bad guy. I mean yeah, he's not a nice guy. Yeah. Um you know, he he, he doesn't know what to do except sort of attack his son with a sword. Um <laughs> So uh so um I mean, I, I'm wondering whether or not to even go through the plot of the film. I guess I should if people are sort of like, like listen, listening and they've you know kind of seen all of them. The film opens. Spoiler alert for Justin's favorite movie. Um, the the film opens on uh, on the ice planet of Hoth. Awesome. Um, where Luke is out, uh, kind of running around on a tauntaun because he thinks he hears a noise. It turns out, yes, the Empire is sending out these droids. Um, to look, yeah, to to look for Luke. Um. Uh, and it's one of the Daleks from Doctor Who. 
Um, uh, I don't get the reference. Yeah, but it's funny to those who know it. Um, um, it's uh, the Luke is attacked by a snow monster. Uh, Han finds him uh, and and saves him. And uh, before that happens, Luke sees an image of the dead Obi Wan Kenobi from Star Wars, and that guy says to go look for Yoda. And then the Empire realizes the base is there. There's a big, giant, cool battle um, where cool things happen. I want to talk about that battle too because there's Very lots cool. about yeah. that. That's awesome. Um, and then they go. Uh, they they kind of escape from there, and the Han and Leia and Chewie and C three PO um, all try to escape the Empire for like half the movie. And there are giant space action sequences as that happens. And meanwhile, Luke goes to a planet called Dagobah and trains and trains and trains and trains um, for a long time, which really means that Han was running for a really long, long time. So yeah. Like like Luke, like you get the sense Luke was there for weeks. Yeah, yeah. And that means that Han was kind of running for weeks. Or conversely, we have a, a false impression of how long Luke, Luke was there. Is like there. he was there for a couple of days. It's just like really, really brief. And he's like, already like standing on his head and lifting was, rocks like a pro. It was like a tough weekend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just like really concentrated. Like he's he's gone to like one of those man retreats. <laughs> so Luke is on Dagobah and uh he's training uh with Yoda and um and that happens while Han is running and then finally Luke has visions of his friends in danger and so he goes and finds them at the cloud city where Vader and the stormtroopers have taken over um and what they have done to send that image to Luke is to torture um Luke's friends and then essentially put uh Han into sort of a living death inside of a, a metal coffin um and luke comes to save him and uh he battles vader and spoiler alert uh vader reveals to him well we've already said it in the podcast so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, vader says to him that he's his father luke wigs out in some of the most amazing acting that anyone has ever done and um and luke uh falls and is rescued and vader is mad and sad and the credits roll yeah, has and I feel like we've talked about this before, but I've uh, w- was the reveal ever a surprise to you? Like, did you ha- were you already aware of the ending when you first saw the movie? I don't know, probably not. Yeah, right. Same here. But, but I was I was not aware, but it was a surprise. But I was five. Four. Oh, right on. Three, or three, maybe. I'm sure that someone took me to see it. Um, there was no VHS at the time, and when Jedi came out, I was so excited that I read all the books and I understood everything that was happening. Right. So, and I remember the debate. I actually remember debating with my friends as to whether or not Vader was lying. Um, oh, so which that was, was still deal. open-ended for yeah, people, well, huh? So let's talk about that, right? Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Please. So let's get into what I've been watching. I've been watching the... Um, the Star Wars Blu-ray pack, uh, and they have, if you don't have it, get it. It's $99. You can probably find it for cheaper. Um, I I actually bought a Blu-ray player so I could get this Blu-ray pack. <laughs> it's the only Blu-ray I own. Um, and uh, I got a couple others for Christmas, too. But um, but it uh, in it, they talk, Lucas talks about um, his decision uh, to actually have this happen at the end of this film um, instead of somewhere in the middle, having it be discovered. Right. Um, and the question was, is was it going to be psychologically too damaging to kids to do it at the end of the film? Hmm. To go, the, for the good guy, the, ba- the bad guy is the father. Um, and ultimately what Lucas says is he says that it was decided that the people that could handle it would say, 
would be able to handle it. And the people who couldn't handle it would go, he's lying. Yeah. He's got to be lying. Huh. Um, and I remember wondering. I remember going, he's lying. He's Darth Vader. He's a liar. He's a liar. There's no way. I remember being firmly on the side that there's no way that Vader is Luke's father. So while I don't remember the moment, because I was too young to remember the moment, I do remember in 83 when I was, you know, I was seven in 83. Um, and I remember being seven and being certain that Vader was lying. Hmm. Vader was a liar who was lying. And <laughs> there's no way that, there's no way. It couldn't be. It could not be true. Um, so that was, I remember feeling that way. And then when Jedi came out being enthralled by what happened next. Right. Um, uh, so, oh, there's so much to say because the, the, my perspective on the film is, I mean, I guess let, let's talk, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about why it's my favorite film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's nearly perfect from beginning to end. Um, uh, as it starts off, it starts off it, kind of slow enough that it's, it's not overwhelming you with the action. And then it builds and builds and builds and builds, has a big major action scene, takes a step back and then builds and 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 builds, and builds until finally it slows down for a moment. And then it builds to an emotionally satisfying climax yeah. It establishes the, uh, the universe of star Wars, um, better than star Wars does. Uh, you get the sense of the scope of the universe, how big everything is, how many worlds are out there. You just get the sense that there's a lot, you know, a lot more than you ever imagined yeah. in Star Wars. Um, and more than that, the dialogue is crisp. It's snappy. It's uh, it's funny. Edgy at times. I, yeah. I mean, like edgier than Star Wars, you yeah. know, like romantic. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the dark parts are dark. My favorite line is 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 when Han has come back from being tortured and just goes, "They didn't even ask me any questions." Yeah, that's a dark. That, that's my. That's up. a dark yeah. moment. And for a long time, I thought the Empire was just being mean. And it took me a while to realize, oh no, they're just torturing him so Luke gets gets wind of it. Oh right, yeah. Um, but for a long time, I just thought they were just being mean. Um, uh, you get Han Solo screaming. You got you know C three PO being blown to bits. Um, and you have two things that weren't in Star Wars, which is one, the moving things with the Force. Oh, this is the first time we it see that. It doesn't huh? happen. As to, now, now Vader does a Force choke, but you don't right, right, you don't yeah. know that he's not just controlling someone's body. Yeah, yeah. Um, in this movie, the Force is telekinesis. That's so, and it's so weird because again, like I already had a concept of the four Star Wars and everything like that. So when I watch them in sequence, I don't have a concept of that. Like all of it exists simultaneously. And, and if I'm correct, I think the Imperial March also was not in Star Wars. The dun 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 dun. dun. I don't think that's in Star Wars either. So the most iconic music of Star yeah, Wars. Oh yeah, totally. And the definitive thing about the Force, which is the thing that was always cool about it for me was that you could move shit around. Yeah. 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 Um, those two things alone were, were huge as a kid. And then you add on top of it, the romantic stuff with, with Leia and Han, how they're always fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in, in star Wars, the, the millennium Falcon was the most awesome ship that could do anything in this one. You really got the sense that it was Han's hot rod that I'm, I'm, st <laughs> I'm stealing this from, from the, the Blu-rays, but Han's hot rod that he's constantly tinkering on. and doesn't always work. Right. Um, I, my favorite, like, I love it when he turns on the ship and all the lights turn off and he like hits it like Fonzie and all the lights turn back on again. <laughs> you know, 
I mean that that's that that the fact that it keeps breaking yeah, yeah. and and never works. Uh, I love you. I know. You yeah, know, yeah, that, yeah. That's just, just see. That's my favorite line from the movie. Just oh, moment after moment after yeah, moment yeah. after moment. It's just you know, um, culminating in that huge ending, um, and and a really emotional and terrifying. It's the scariest of the lightsaber fights. I would say it is. Whereas you know, the most intense is Jedi. Yeah. The, okay. The, okay. The coolest is is uh, in air quotes is uh, Phantom Menace. The the mm-hmm. most choreographed, the most I guess impressive is Revenge of the Sith. But this is the one where Vader just seems unstoppable. All of that checks out, Justin. I'm very yeah. impressed. Um, thank you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Everything you said was gospel. Um, so so it just from you know things that that in Star Wars would have seemed way too dark. You know, from him being his father, but but cutting off his hand and throwing shit at him, knocking him out windows, yeah. to Luke being stuffed inside the body of a Tauntaun, to, to 3PO getting blown to bits, to Han being tortured, to, yeah. you know, like from beginning, it's just like, these are things that wouldn't be allowed in Star Wars. Yeah, I, you keep, you've brought up this, this up twice, which is a really good point because it's something that is, resonated with me and was a big deal to me as a kid was C-3PO being in bits and and um, Chewbacca carrying him around and stuff. And there was an action figure of Chewbacca with C-3PO on his back. And I remember I got it for like a birthday or Christmas or something and being horrified by it because it was such an unpleasant thing as a kid. And they kind of treat it at some point, it's kind of a joke. Like the whole joke is like bumbling his, his C-3PO. Heads on backwards. Like, yeah. yeah. And as a kid, that was terrifying to me. I was like... To me, that was like he's. How are they going to put him back together? You can, he's so shattered, and I don't know. There's just something about that visual that's kind of resonated with me my whole life. More upsetting as a kid than it is now. The I mean, there are things things throughout the movie that I think that are upsetting. I know that that Luke being stuffed inside the Tauntaun always bugged me. Huh. Like just the cutting him open and the yeah, yeah. and the clear intestines coming out of it. Um, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Yeah. Um. Uh. I mean, and yet the the humor in this movie works a lot. But I mean, just the whole thing is 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 it's just tight it's a tight 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 film yeah um that just is just doesn't let up and i think there's something to be said for that um uh and because it's an ab story you get to cut away when it might just be going too long you get to cut away to something else yeah yeah yeah. um so that's uh that's why it's my favorite but i have I have come to this new realization about how incredible an achievement it is after watching the blu-rays um where they show you how they make it. Yeah. They show you how it's done. And it's nuts. I mean, it has changed my feelings about filmmaking in a lot of ways. You have to keep in mind that they they did not have computer-generated imagery yeah. when this film came out. It didn't exist. Or if it did, when did Tron, when did Tron come out? When did, I mean, the first time we really saw CGI was what in, in uh, there was Tron. That they did that in, but it wasn't any. It was more computer rotoscoped kind of. Yeah. No, I guess there was some CGI in that, and then Star Trek and and uh, Young Sherlock Holmes. Um, but but this like when you think that this was filmic elements, and they were they were showing, uh, for instance, the um the asteroid battle. That's that's a that's a battle where you've got every single one of those things are different shots of models. Yeah. So when you have the 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 falcon flying back and forth through asteroids being pursued by tie fighters with asteroids way in the background and explosions happening while the tie fighters are shooting blasters 
the TIE fighters, each one of them was photographed separately. Right. Each asteroid was photographed separately. The background of all the asteroids is photographed separately. The the Millennium Falcon is photographed separately. The the blaster things were put into the shot, and the explosion is photographed separately. Yeah. It's a shot that's just completely constructed of photographs. It's like people cutting out photographs and just putting them all together on top of and each other. And it's all moving. Like, yeah. all of it is moving. Yeah. Um, and that is... When you think about that now, it's just like okay, you would program the ship and and, and yeah. you do wireframes and go right through. Um, just that the fact that if you think about um, if you think about uh, Dagobah, the fact that all of Dagobah was on a soundstage. Yeah, yeah. And that it was built. Dagobah was built four feet off the floor, so that the operators for Yoda could be under Dagobah yeah. operating Yoda, so that you had that entire Dagobah set, and then underneath. You had puppeteers working under the floor yeah, of Dagobah. Um, I mean, that alone, you know, if you if you think about like just all the things that they did, that that from a technical standpoint was amazing. If you think about the shots of the Imperial Walkers, which were done in stop motion with a moving camera watching them. Which yeah. means that not only are they in stop motion, but the camera, camera which was be. computerized, it was mm-hmm. on it was on a computerized uh, like motor type. Yeah, yeah it was um, uh, motion motion control. Yeah, that that as they had the walkers, they would have the camera go go as they adjusted the walkers one frame at a time. The camera also moving around them one frame at a time, and then compositing in the ship that's flying around as yeah. the camera moves around them one frame at a time. It's just nuts yeah it's crazy what they what they were doing was was it was when people go like when they showed how they made star wars they they talk about how people had never seen this done before but it was outside of doing motion control everything in it i kind of understood how they did i was like when i look at the trench i was like okay they zoomed through the trench and then they put on a blue screen this ship flying through i can i can see how they did it in star wars in empire i can't I can't figure out until I saw the making of. I couldn't figure out how they possibly did. I never knew that the uh, that the Imperial Walkers were motion control as much of the time as they were. Yeah, it's kind of it's pretty seamless because you look at like you you look at other examples of great stop motion like the yeah. original King Kong. Yeah, and it's so obvious, even though it's like it's a great example of stop motion, but. With the Star Wars, with uh, with the Hoth scene, it, it is, you're right. It's really seamless. It's really well done. Um, yeah, and you just like, like the the fact that that you even look at that scene, you look at that battle on Hoth, and you forget there are huge real explosions yeah. on the battlefield too <laughs> happening. Like 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 when the big blasters will hit, and there'll be giant explosions in the snow because they're doing practical explosions as yeah. well. It's um, it's just from top to finish um, a an astounding achievement uh, technically. And then you get into Yoda, right? And this is a character where they re- they have to replace Ben Kenobi with a three foot tall frog puppet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're into him. You're into what he does. Um, and they also, I mean, it's also just a really great and satisfying bait and switch 
of like you first see him and he just seems crazy like he seems batshit so this is interesting this is um that was um that that was uh irvin kirshner the director's um idea really to it. So yeah lucas was in many ways hands-off in this film according to yeah that's what i've heard yeah. um he was much more hands-on on jedi Hmm. He jumped in and sort of took over from Richard. Mar- I mean, Richard Marcon is not talking a lot about Return of the Jedi. Kirshner has no problem talking about Empire. It was yeah, a very yeah. satisfying, hmm. difficult but satisfying experience. Um, but uh, but uh, one thing that he did clash with Lucas on is Lucas. He was like, I want Yoda to be sort of impish and 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 funny and and like a little kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, and eventually he convinced him because you know Lucas loves myth and there is lots of lots of times in myth where you meet the seemingly innocuous character on the side of the road who ends up being you know you know i mean it's it's in lord of the rings it's strider right strider is always cool but yeah. you you get the sense that he is a an innocuous side character right not a not what he is yeah, and the yeah. same thing here yoda's not what he seems when you meet him yeah uh, i mean w- well going back on this whole impish idea is um, I used to always hate how Yoda is portrayed in the prequels uh-huh. because he's so so wise and so together, and I'm I'm like that's not Yoda. Yoda's Yoda's kind of goofy and stuff, and also wise, but in kind of a guarded way. But then you look at Jedi, and he's that same Yoda from episodes one, two, and three. Yeah, is in in I mean that brief time you see him in Jedi, he's just completely oh, different Yoda than I, no, Empire I, Yoda. I disagree. I think that I think that his impishness at the beginning is is odd in comparison to the rest but once he's training luke he's the same yoda he's not he's he's not impish in any way he's dark he's he's you know the yoda that goes goes when he goes i'm not afraid and yoda goes you will be that's that's yeah know, that, i mean yeah that you know that is why you fail you know that that's the yoda is 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 deathly serious from the moment that he reveals he's yoda right um yeah i guess that's true there's just that switch and then all of a sudden he's not he's putting put, on that act anymore. Well, and I think the act was a test, you know, mm. the act was, you know, and, and when you see that Yoda trained the younglings, you know, in episode three, you go, oh, I get that. And also Yoda, Yoda being sort of declaratory and being a warrior, um, although we didn't like what he did in episode two. Yeah, yeah. In episode three, you know, he is, you know, he, he seems like he's that guy, but, but older and more damaged. You know, the guy who would go, you know, if, if so powerful you are. Why leave? You know, I I could see that Yoda being this guy, and can, yeah, that's consistent. Yeah, yeah, the 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 old. I mean, it's Mr. Miyagi is Yoda, right? If you look at Mr. Miyagi in, in Karate Kid, he, yeah, he 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 doesn't seem like he is as as cool as he really is, right? Um, so I I mean I. And the fact that you believe him, the fact that we're talking about his character, we're not talking about the fact a that puppet. he's a, he's yeah, a puppet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a puppet. <laughs> um, and it and it totally works. Yeah. I mean, it. Um, well, you get you get the best puppeteers in the world, and that's the result, you know. And you, Frank Oz doing the voice, and that's yeah. also funny. Is a guy who does goofy puppet voices doing a character's. Well, let's be clear. Frank Oz is an artist in many, many ways. Yeah, yeah, that's Frank, true. Frank that's Oz true. directed the Indian in the cupboard. I mean, yeah, he's, he Frank Oz is 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 incredibly talented. And yeah, I'm sure it was and versatile as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he co-directed the Dark Crystal. You know, he mm-hmm. he's been doing he's been doing dark. He had been doing dark stuff right, up to that true, point. True. Um, but the fact that you just totally believed him, the fact that you know they got around some stuff like putting him in Luke's backpack so he could move around. Um, the moment when he lifts the X-wing out of the out of the water and the music just soars, mm-hmm. um, and 
and I mean, it's just it's it's astounding from a character point of view, from a narrative point of view. It really just really hits it. Just the thing is about this film is it'd be really easy to just go line after line after line after line, moment after moment after moment after moment. I uh, it one thing that I think Kirshner does that maybe Lucas fails to do um, is it recognize the importance of cool moments. Just just just. Let's have a cool moment, you know, ending a scene on that is why you fail. You know, if, if the scene went on like one second longer, that is why you fail. I'm sorry, master. It would be the the moment would be gone. Right. Right. Kirshner knows when to cut. He knows where the scene should be. He knows how to achieve the drama that he wants to do. And he is, he does it expertly, expertly in this film. Um, And I got to give a lot of credit to him because he, this film Sometimes it doesn't even seem like science fiction. The bat, the Hoth battle, despite its science fiction trappings, you know, when they're running around inside the base, you feel like they're just running around inside yeah. a base. That I, it's interesting. I want to spend a little bit of time on the Hoth battle because the importance of that, not even scene, but environment, uh-huh. is I've played uh, probably like four or five Star Wars themed video games that have recreated that battle and let you play in yeah. that world. And to me... I, you know, I've also played several video games that I've recreated storming the beach at Normandy. Yeah. And both little, and I mean, it's offensive to call Normandy a playground, but in a video game sense, both playgrounds yeah. are just as real and just as specific in the layout. I could, I could, I can see it in my head. I mean, the fact that someone could create something on film that's that tactile and that uh, playful, like you got things that look like camels that walk around. And yeah. You use tow cables to take them down. That, That's that, fun. That, the fact that they do use the tow, t- tow cables to take them down. Yeah. You know, despite the fact that you don't really need to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where they, they go, that armor's too strong for blasters. Unless they fall down, down and, <laughs> and then if you shoot them in the head, then it's yeah. then they'll blow up all of them. Yeah. You shoot them one time in the head, and the entire thing will explode. Now, do you think this is the first time that the tow cables have been used for this purpose? Um, well, that's a. I think. I think probably. the The reason I ask is one time I was watching it, and the first, the initial idea of use your tow cables sounded so like not like, oh my god, let's this is crazy enough to work. Use your tow cables. It's just like, hey, use your tow cables. And everyone's like, you're right. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It, I I mean, not that it's something worth like being upset about, but I've always been curious. Is have I would, they done this before? I would say that that the I don't think so. I think that the Empire probably hasn't been faced with this bit. I mean, because the Empire is not that old, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And if you look at the so if you look at the Walkers in Episode Three, they're actually much more articulated. They're the Walkers in Episode Three. The legs are further apart. The tow cable thing would not work on them. Mm. Um, these stand much further upright. I feel like the the Empire's problem is that nobody has stood up to them until right. now. And it's really been what... The, it's not much of an empire, really. No, it's the shortest reign of any empire. I mean, like it's, it's, it's like it's 17 <laughs> years long. Is, is this like... Or I guess, Lucas, like, let's say Lucas 24. Yeah, let's so say it's 20, that, yeah. the, This empire of the galaxy that lasts about 24, 24 years. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I think some of that might be because they're... You know, they 
look, as technologically advanced as the Empire seems, mm-hmm. they just have some stupid choices. <laughs> like they go, well, the Adats got knocked down. Let's get to Jedi. And we'll have two two legged walkers <laughs> walking around. Uh, we'll build one Death Star where you can just you know blow it up. You hit a button, and and uh, my my son and I watched Thumb Wars the other day. Nice. And I was just so, so in the. Have you seen Thumb Wars? Yeah. My mm-hmm. favorite line in the Thumb Star: We have the most advanced piece of weaponry ever constructed. Luckily, they included a button that would blow the whole thing up. Why would they do that, sir? I don't know, but isn't it great? <laughs> so, so yeah, I think that I think that ultimately, I think that the empire was so young, it didn't, it really didn't know what to do. Yeah, um, I think that it just never came across anyone for twenty-four years. They didn't have an opponent, and that's the. I think that's one of the reasons the empire seems so stodgy, and why the rebellion is able to be so successful. Right, right. Is that the empire just feels like I can? We can just throw more shit at it, um, but they don't. They haven't really had to fight anyone. So I think it's. I mean, it's an interesting. It's an interesting question whether or not that's been tried before. I would say that those walkers have never had to fight ships before. Right. Like that's my feeling. Yeah, is that yeah. is that those walkers have never faced anything that can fly. And are those are those what are they called snow speeders? Is that what the rebel yeah. ships are? Yeah. Are those typically militaristic? Well, they have blasters on them, so I'd yeah. assume so. Um, but I mean, that's the only environment you see them in, unless you play Rogue Squadron. Then you can fly them in several different levels. But it's interesting. I, I mean, I would imagine that they. I mean, if they're a rebellion, they were probably repurposed from some other kind of. Oh ship. yeah, yeah, true. You know, I I I would wager that they're that they are. Uh, space worthy it seems like everything kind of is yeah so you know maybe it's maybe it's something that works better and that maybe the x-wings you know freeze up maybe yeah, the x-wings like aren't that. supposed to work in this kind of environment yeah, it's yeah. too much for them uh but in this case you know i don't think about it too hard well did we say we would go in depth or did we say we would go yeah. in depth this um, is the definitive podcast that's right review. I had to say that so they stayed on. Um, uh, and it's one of the first ones I've done sober, um, as I, I I'm not feeling I'm not, I haven't been feeling that great, so I've been I've not been drinking at all. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think that the that they they hit every note um, and they do it well, and it's constructed so well. And when I watch this, I see ties all the way back to episode one and all the way to the end of uh, of Return of the Jedi. I see ties to Clone Wars. It just feels um, like this is the one that inspired all the rest. Yeah. Um, and I feel like people don't recognize Irvin Kirshner for, for what he did. Yeah, that's true. It's for, all Lucas. Yeah. And and it feels like Kirshner is, is Lucas's idea. And Kirshner does say that it was Lucas who came up with it. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's this is an astounding film. Yeah. 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 One, there, one small problem, Justin. What? The moment the Luke acting, the, oh, no, 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 that doesn't even bother me. Yeah, I, I want to talk. Can I talk about that real quick before you hit? Sure, your moment? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'd like your moment to be near the end. Okay, so. I mean it's not very conclusive. Oh, yeah, then but, do your sorry, moment, and then I'll talk about. Luke okay, again. all right, all right. So my moment is just huh? uh, Han going under, handcuffed, uh, and then in the freeze form that he's. I think he was handcuffed behind his back. It was something strange. Yeah, and then the frozen Han has two free hands. So they dropped the handcuffs. The so so maybe metal was going to mess up the entire process. So but he goes on. Who drops him? He goes under by himself with the handcuffs and then pops. We've up already seen what imperial handcuffs are like. They're, they 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 don't latch very well. They don't <laughs> yeah. because in Jedi, you know, they're just they're they're a solid piece. So it, it stands to reason that they're put, you know released by remote control because they can't be there. And he tries to escape as fast as he can, and it just 
do you right think away. that was the thought process or do you think they just it was an over something overlooked i don't think they thought about it but i think that it, it's <laughs> it's within the realm of possibility sure yeah yeah you can explain it away you know i, I mean <laughs> you know the my question is why are his lips so incredibly huge <laughs> <laughs> the carbonite why doesn't he look anything like harrison ford um he's podcasts RG, aren't a good aren't RG's a good forum for a funny me face. To a face. <laughs> um so uh so about Luke's acting, because Luke gets a lot of shit for his acting in this film, um, because he has um, not the world's greatest acting choice. Um, when Vader says that he's his father, he goes, "No, that's not true. That's impossible." That's impossible. <laughs> we have to do Chris Griffin when we do it. <laughs> that's impossible. No. <laughs> so, so a couple of things. One, as an actor, you rehearse your scene, um, and and you get it down and you get it right and you get it down and you get it right but in the moment uh he was told uh he had one version of the script where it said where where vader said i killed your father mm-hmm. um and and that's when he was going to let go and in that moment uh mark hamill became one of the very few people to know no one on the set knew it wasn't in the script. David Prowse, who was in the Vader costume, said the different said, line. Said, yeah. the, say, said the, and Mark Hamill was hit right there on set in the moment. You know, do what he's just told you is no matter what he says, I am your father, is what he said. Yeah, yeah. He's given about 20 seconds to prep, and David Prowse goes, I am your, or goes, 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 I killed your father. That's the line he hears, and he reacts. No, no, oh. you know he he's he he has a big giant reaction, um, and I get the sense that he like he didn't get a chance to really work it up, and that that's a moment where as an actor I'd want to prepare it, I'd yeah. want to hone it, I'd want to spend weeks working on it, and uh, like that's an important moment. See, for for me, I I don't even necessarily understand the complaints because for me it seems it's so. He's making such an ugly face and he sounds so childish. It just seems that devastating, that real. I, I don't know. For me, I, I no, don't necessarily I, agree. I disagree with you. I feel like it's, it's no. Really? You get on bit, par with that. I feel, like, I feel like screaming no in a movie okay, is, yeah. is probably going to always be a bad idea. Um, it's, it's hard to do that right. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it, it, it's his desperation, I believe, the face and the wine of it is is not doesn't seem in line with with everything else Mm. um uh but you forget the other great things that he does so so first of all it's worth noting that mark hamill is in a motorcycle accident immediately preceding this film and he had some cuts on his face and that's why they they added um the wampa thing for him Mm. um oh that i didn't know him getting that hurt huh um, they they included that in it. Now the wampas were originally supposed to be all over the station, um, and and be a problem for people. Right. And the wampas actually were supposed to kill uh, a few of the stormtroopers when they attacked. Hmm. Um, but they dealt with that. Um, and then he goes to they he if you they dealt with him being seeing Ben. They dealt with him feeling sick. He seems sort of impish when he's there, and he French kisses his sister. Um, that's the problem I have with the film <laughs> where Lay comes up, you know, you've, you've got some funny ideas about women, laser brain. And she goes up to, to Luke and she just puts a big fat one on his yeah. lips. Um, the thing is, is that when, that when, uh, Luke leaves, um, uh, 
Yoda, Luke leaves Yoda, Yoda says, there is another. Yeah. Which means that Lucas knew when he was cutting this film together, he knew yeah. that the other was Leia. And... Yeah. I mean, I would assume so. I mean, like, yeah, you're right. Like, who else is it going to be? Why Why are you having them kiss all the time? Yeah, man? yeah. But I don't think maybe maybe he didn't tell Irvin Kershner that that was the case. Now, mm, I know why. That's interesting. I know why they said there is another. The reason they said there is another is because they wanted it to be within the realm of possibilities that they would kill Luke. So we've made Han the hero. Luke is doing his thing. We've now heard there is another Jedi. Hmm. Um, and... And that now makes Luke possibly expendable. Yeah. And so I they think the idea was that maybe Luke could get killed and that would be better. But still the the I don't need the love triangle. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> you know, and, and I and, and it creeps me out when he kisses his sister. It kind of bugs me. Yeah. Um but he's impish there and then from what I from what I heard, when he is on the set with Yoda, um he doesn't hear any of Yoda's lines. Frank Oz is well under the set performing Yoda, hmm. doing the lines under the set, and the lines are sort of being re- relayed to to Mark Hamill, who then is acting off that. So not only does he spend most of the movie acting with a puppet, but he's acting with a puppet that he can't hear his lines. Now, we all thought that Tom Hanks did a great job when he did Castaway because he's doing everything. Everything is him. Yeah, yeah. Everything in Empire is Luke when it's on Dagobah. Everything is Luke. There are no other people there. It's Luke acting with a puppet that moves that he can't hear. And I think that that, that needs to be commended. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and people shit on him for the end of the film. And I think that they, I think if you're going to, if you're going to do that, and yes, he did make a bad choice, you have to also grant the the levels that he's able to play on that planet with Yoda. He gives a masterful performance on Dagobah. Um, when you consider the conditions, yeah, yeah. Um, that you—it's because of him you believe any of it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, yeah, I mean, it just seems odd to just sort of after the the rest of the acting that happens in the rest of the Star Wars saga, especially in the prequels. Yeah, that we can be hung up on Mark Hamill. Well, people lump him together with them now that they go, "You can't cast a good squad." I, I've actually told that joke. You know that you, you can't cast a good Skywalker no matter what you do. <laughs> um, uh, but it's. I I think that people go Harrison Ford so good, Darth Vader so good, Palpatine so good, and he is. Um, but I think that Luke's got to be included in that. I think that Luke, especially Luke on Dagobah, is um, he's great. Yeah, yeah. He's just great, um, and he's the reason that you believe any of it. Um, so that I think that 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 needs to be pointed out. Um, what also needs to be pointed out is that we're coming to nearly an hour. Um, holy shit um and we're nearly this podcast nearly half the length of the actual film <laughs> um and so i think that we need to probably draw it to a close yeah um suffice to say uh empire despite anyone's misgivings of the fact that it doesn't have a clear ending um if you're a star wars fan even if you're not a star wars fan i guess you you can't watch empire without having seen star wars you just won't know what what the fuck is going on um but I mean, this is this is a must see, in my opinion. This film is a must see, um, and it gets doesn't of late. It has gotten more attention as being the really good one, right? But for a long time, Star Wars was Star Wars, and then a lot of people love Jedi, and and like to see that because it's it's lighter and more fun and 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 epic. It, 
Um, Would you say more epic? I mean, we're going to talk about it in the next podcast. So if you enjoyed this, yeah, I don't definitely wanna, check I don't out our give next out, podcast. Because I'm of I'm of multiple minds about Jedi. Yeah, um, yeah. Because you know, in, in watching the Blu-rays, I've also gotten a chance. I haven't rewatched Jedi yet, but or I haven't actually even rewatched Empire. But I've seen how a lot of it was made, hmm. and a lot of the appreciation that I have for this, I also now have to throw toward Jedi when I really think about the stuff that they do. Um, you know, and honestly, I have to think more about the the prequels too, because now when I, you know, when you see them, and first of all, get the Blu-ray set. Um, seeing it in HD, especially the prequels, the prequels are gorgeous. Hmm. the 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 originals are good, but the prequels look gorgeous because it's been digital the whole time. It's been um, yeah, yeah. Um, the level of detail in in the stuff, and they have cleaned up some of the CGI. Um, it's beautiful. It's they are beautiful films, um, better looking films than the than the originals. Um, just in general, if you're a Star Wars fan, pick it up because it's awesome. So why don't you have it? I I have a Blu-ray player in, in that I have a PlayStation Three. All right, um, but I don't have an HD TV to hook up my PS3 to. But still, the extra features it's got forty hours of special features. Yeah, yeah, forty oh. hours. I'll have I will have an HD TV in LA. One of my roommates. You don't does. need an HD TV to watch the special features. I know, but I will have an HD TV. Maybe in LA. I maybe if you swear to me that I will get them back in a week, maybe I will loan you tonight. I I would not feel good borrowing from you. You haven't even finished all the shit yet. So. Yeah, but I finished all the shit on these discs now. Mm. So I it is time for me to move on to the commentaries. <laughs> to each one of the movies has two commentaries. Oh my god. So I You're can, a rich rich man. Yeah, um, <laughs> I I'm going to be busy. That's why that's what six movies, two commentaries, two hours a piece. That's 12 24 hours of of commentaries right there. Nice. And you have a movie you're making. Yeah. Well, like not all the time. <laughs> um so I not only have a movie that I'm making but I have uh, other podcasts to listen to. Bunches of Ninjas versus You is the podcast for that movie all about the making of the upcoming Ninjas versus Monsters. You can listen to that at ninjasversusyou.com. Also if uh if you're listening to this before January 14th and 15th and you live in the Washington DC area, you want to come down to audition for Ninjas versus Monsters um because it's going to be awesome. Um, we're also looking for stunt performers and uh, and uh, people who can do martial arts and people who can do backflips and acrobats and and if you've got a skill and even if you're not sure if it would really fit in Ninjas versus Monsters, drop me an email um, and you can see our contact info. You can drop an email to auditions at ninjaswin.com um, and then you can uh, all the information about the auditions are at ninjaswin.com. Uh, the Trek Off podcast is my dirty uh, Star Trek uh, <laughs> podcast where we talk about Star Trek and we curse a lot and talk about sex um and uh of course the other pop-offs uh, of which there are many um including uh the harry potter uh movies the star wars movies um, the avengers movie, the the Aven- movies leading the up to movies the avengers. leading up to the avengers um uh doctor who transformers um all that good stuff is at popoffpodcast.com and uh tune in next week where we finish our star wars retrospective with star wars episode six return of the jedi and while you're there why don't you go uh you know i'm going to tell you to go on facebook since you're there anyway i want you to do a search for kidney beans yeah yeah facebook. do a search for kidney beans join our join our uh, facebook page 
Yeah. Also check like out him. www.kidneybeansmovie.com or yeah. just kidneybeansmovie.com. And we've got all sorts of great stuff about new the trailers and stuff, so, right? Yeah, yeah. Three trailers, new poster went up this week. Yeah. You're, you're really so. yeah pushing that. I mean, do you, I'll give you here a couple minutes. Go uh, like like about like well, it seems like a lot's happening. What's yeah? What's, well, what is spurning all of all of this uh, output lately? <laughs> we've been we've been hitting a lot of roadblocks with audio stuff, and that stuff is finally coming to an end. Uh, it's looking like our movie is going to be done, and I don't want to jinx it because we've been hitting lots of roadblocks. Every time I say it's going to be done by a certain date, things get in the way. But the way it's looking right now, end of this month. Really? I, this movie will be done the end of this month. And I've probably spent more time on this freaking movie because of difficulties and things than you've spent on both your movies combined. Um, You're like a well-oiled machine with those Ninjas versus movies. By now, that, a lot of it is stuff that we know how to do now. Oh, uh, right on. But, I mean, it's look, it's we spent twice as much on zombies as we did on vampires. We, and vampires is infinitely better because we didn't know what we were doing on zombies. Yeah, and, and, you, that, and that was technically... I mean, that was technically the third movie I had made, mm. you know, because I'd made the other two first. So so I should have known not to do some of the things <laughs> that I did and I didn't learn the messages. So so I finally or learned the lesson. I, I we finally have some of it down, but we're just getting more ambitious. Um, I'm looking forward to doing this a lot. So nice. I can't wait to check out the uh, rest of the Ninjas versus You podcast. Yeah, please do. Um, and that's it uh, for Pop Off. I am Justin. And I'm RJ. Pop Off. Pop Off. Hope you enjoyed that episode of Pop-Off. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and also go to endlightpodcast.com and listen to all of our free funny podcasts. That's at endlightpodcast.com.